If you're a person who has ever wondered why someone else does what they do, then this episode is for you. Most psychologists explain away human behavior using characteristics of both upbringing and innate personality traits. However, in today's podcast, I'm going to offer you energetic explanations for some common behaviors. In fact, taking into consideration energetic elements of behavior can offer deep insight into why people can swing between moods so quickly, why people get stuck in indecision, why anxious or depressive episodes can suddenly hit you, or why one person can have one type of experience with a person while a different person can have an entirely different experience. I always say to my students and my clients, five people could walk down the street, the same street at the same time of day, even with each other, and they would all notice different things. This is similar when we're talking about why different people interact with others differently. It's a tongue twister, I know. But I remember when I was in the throes of building my sales business, I had a large group of team leaders who all interacted with one particular team leader in the exact same way. They would talk with her, interact with her, talk to each other about it, interact with her again, and every time every single person would come to me and say they had the same experiences. They would report her being bossy, condescending, stubborn, difficult to work with, argumentative and moody. Yet in all the years I had worked and interacted with her, I never personally experienced any of these traits. The person I met with was always respectful, listened well, was open to learning and trying new things, offered kindness and was receptive to my suggestions. How could it be that a dozen other people could all have the same experience with this one individual while I never had one single experience remotely close to what they had relayed. If it was personality alone, then the person would have exhibited the same traits to me as she did to others, yet she didn't. The reason people express certain behaviors in certain situations has more to do with the energy of the environment and people in it than it does with one personality trait. I'm sure you have all found yourself in a situation where you act out of character and then wonder why the heck you just did what you did. At the core of who we are, we are energy first. The world around us is made up of finite particles of energy that come together in various forms, sound, radio, or light waves primarily. But this condensed energy has all kinds of patterns that it runs in based on the dynamics of each individual and each scenario. This energy is primarily responsible for not only how we respond in any given situation, but also how others respond to us. The energy we consistently experience activates different systems within us that over time pattern belief systems, emotions, and physiological responses accordingly. This energy, which could be termed archetypal energy, is in essence an energy pattern that emotes certain behavioral characteristics, energy function, emotions, and a dynamic that we are exuding and attracting with. For instance, if someone is anxious, there are a series of energy programs running that are affecting first the body's energy or electrical systems, second the emotions, and third the physiology. But again, the energy has to be present first in order for the human to respond in an anxious way. Because most people aren't attuned consciously to energy, it seems that these anxious feelings are random, or they come on suddenly or the person associates it with certain circumstances they are facing on a practical level, when more likely they are responding to an energy pattern that exists that is triggering their uncomfortability. 
because they've never been taught to decipher what is going on energetically, they chalk it up to something else. The same can be true for behavior shifts, moodiness, bad feelings, even really good feelings. The interactions that we have with others are actually an attraction of what's going on in our inner energetic dynamics. And what we evoke from others is really, most of the time, a reflection of something with us. It doesn't mean that every situation we're mirroring what the other person is going through, but there is always an energetic match. So something within you that is allowing what you're getting back from somebody else to be a match. All of these emotional states are actually just a response to an energy that is present or in some cases soon to be present that the person is subconscious calculating through their sensory system, which is where we process energy into the body and mind. Now, this isn't to say people don't experience true depressive or anxious episodes or that there aren't absolutely root causes for chronic conditions. I'm not discussing mental health here. I'm talking more about behavior or moods or sudden energy shifts that we tend to experience. These episodes that trigger us are more likely related to energy dynamics than anything else. That's why you can go to work and feel one way, but walk in your home and feel a completely different other way. There is an energetic environmental association going on with what you're about to experience that then draws to you the emotions and the physiology of how you're going to respond. It accounts for why people behave differently in different situations and with different people. You can only evoke responses directly from people that you energetically hold space for. So, for instance, if you are not a person that holds space for someone to say, be aggressive towards you, the person is going to either pass you right by or they might act politely with you. Social scientists have been trying to figure this one out for decades. How do we map in the brain and psychology or within social systems why people act differently in different situations with different people on different days? Energy can become a chronic condition. It's possible to live such a chronic pattern that the core nature you express becomes one of aggression, passivity, complaining, victimhood, blame. But then we have to return to the argument so often made of nurture versus nature. Are you inherently those things or have you learned to become those things as a way to cope and exist in your environment? Of course, fundamentally, there are dynamics and traits passed on in the DNA which include both physical and emotional characteristics. But the field of epigenetics is slowly disproving that just because we hold a gene doesn't mean that expression of the gene will occur. What scientists are finding is that our genetics respond to the environment and energy we are placed in, which then affects the expression of certain DNA traits. This is both physical as well as emotional and behavioral. This is hard sometimes for people to swallow. It means we have some personal responsibility in how people treat us and what we attract. We aren't just random receivers of what life gives us. In the energy world, we would say you all have the responsibility. Although, to be fair, most people are unaware of how energy works and what signals they are giving out to others. It might not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. This conversation reminds me of what scientists observe about wolves. Wolves who have been wildly mischaracterized by history, media, and through fear 
have a very sophisticated social system that almost entirely prevents any violence or aggression amongst wolves. It's not as simple as the alpha argument most people make. In fact, Eli Ratinger, a German scientist who has been studying wolf behavior for over 20 years, illustrates in his book, The Wisdom of Wolves, how sophisticated and complex a wolf social system is. Making a comparison that highlights why wolves have the most complex social interactions next to humans. Part of this complexity is based on the ability to perceive non-verbal cues, body language, but also energetic dynamics that scientists have not yet been able to find logical cause for, which then facilitates not only how wolves accept, interact, and avoid each other, but also the intelligence in establishing territory, finding their way through landscapes as if they're following some invisible trail or signals, and prevents unnecessary conflict and bloodshed between other wolves. This ensures survival and positive social relationships with other species that they feed and cohabitate with. Humans have the same ability to interact with people on a subtle level, to avoid conflict. In fact, there's a lot of social science studies that say humans within the first few minutes, like three minutes of, of being with new people, can size up the situation, what behavior they need to display in order to avoid conflict or to gain power or gain control. It's very fascinating. But because so many of us are pushed outside of our nature over and over and over again from a very young age, we don't master how to read and interact with these cues, although we still are doing it subconsciously on a pretty regular basis. Many animals present the ability to read energy Birds that migrate are following the Earth's magnetic field, which in essence is an energetic or electrical current. Humans too experience this, which is why some people find harmony or comfort within certain geographic locations and others feel scattered, out of place, and even fearful. As humans, our sensory systems are delicately delicately acclimated to the environment we live in. And so when we enter other environments that feel uncomfortable to us, whether it's a geographical location, a situation, or interaction with a person, we respond by feeling things and then changing our behavior to match what we are feeling. It's how we learn to cope and survive. Because we have not been raised, at least most of us, to be aware, decipher, and interpretive of what these subtle shifts are, we ignore it or chalk it up to something else altogether. Instead of recognizing our internal guidance system that is highly attuned to energy, and that it's giving us these clear energy signals. Humans have the same ability as animals to feel vibration, sound waves, magnetic fields, electromagnetic fields, and interpret light rays. While we don't as humans always have the same depth of that perception, there are many validated records of people who can see, hear, or feel energy at a deeper level and translate it into meaning. In fact, this is what intuition is. It's also why some people are very good judges of character and situations even before having interactions or experiences physically with the said people or event. When we are looking to energy to explain behavior, we can understand through energy systems people's primary state that reveal emotions, thoughts, beliefs, and even archetypes. These can change over time with different people and in different situations. However, everyone has a core personality. The person they would be if their energy systems returned to their natural state of being before they took on other energies and beliefs that changed the way energy processed through their body and their energy fields. 
Most of you have heard of chakras or meridians. Meridians are common to acupuncture and chakras to yoga or Eastern Ayurvedic uh, practices. And we try to wrap our heads around these large energy systems and how they affect our emotions, our spirituality, or physical health. Most people never stop to realize when they're studying these things that energy isn't just isolated to a few common energy fields that get thrown about randomly. Instead, humans come up with these energy fields as a way to describe, define, or decipher what goes on in the energy fields in relationship to people. Why does one person attract a lot of money while another attracts struggle? Why one person can find long-lasting love with while another experiences heartbreak after heartbreak? Is it astrology? Are your chakras blocked? Maybe your meridians are running the wrong way. While all of these have influence over our behavior, the more accurate depiction is that you have imprints of energy that, one, came with you when your soul incarnated into this life. Two, you picked up over the years as you learned to absorb the energy around you. And three, the energy you either allow to flow through you on a deep cellular level based on your thoughts, emotions, and daily life versus what resistance to the energy you're throwing up based on your thoughts, emotions, and daily life. These factors actually then contribute to how your more subtle energy fields operate. Your chakras are blocked because of your emotions or your daily stress. Not your chakras are blocked and then you have certain emotions and stress. The stress and grind from daily life affect your chakras, your meridians, your organs, glands, body systems, and overall health, leading to blockages people try to spend time removing through one various form or another to only fall short. When in actuality, if you trace your experience back to events and beliefs you have, you would find much more insight into why you attract and create the way you do. If you go to, say, a Reiki session or an acupuncturist, you might get temporary relief, but generally the problem resurfaces. The resurfacing is a result of deeper energy patterns that you hold that eventually just allow stress to build up in the body and you return back to the place of pain, poor health, mental stress problems in your life, etc. If you go to a psychologist, you'll talk things out and try to work through the problem logically, but for most people, they don't resolve the underlying issue that resulted in the mental health trauma or illness they were experiencing in the first place. When, however, you begin to understand that rooted deep within the cells and energy fields of the body are lasting patterns that came with you to help you achieve your soul's intentions in this life and were also picked up during your life, some for good, some not so much, you can then step into a place of power that doesn't necessitate that people act in only one certain way. In fact, if you begin to learn that all of us have access to subtle energy signals and those who translate them on a more finite level experience more energetic disturbances, which then turns into a behavioral responsiveness, this impacts your own behavior as well as the behavior of those around you. When you work on setting clear energetic intentions and boundaries, you can also avoid interacting with people who exhibit behaviors which are not warranted or beneficial to you. Every physical experience, whether it be a health condition, a condition of your life, an interaction with another, a bad day, a good day, what appears to be luck can all be sized up in regards to what is happening on an energetic plane. This includes human behavior, yours and others, because as an intelligent energy receptive and interpreting being, you are constantly moving through the energy fields of life, expressing your emotions based on what is not only in front of you, but what is about to be. 
Scientists have found that we are able to effectively respond physiologically through the brain's amygdala to a threat or danger, not just within the moment, but as much as 24 hours in advance. Think about that for a moment. At least one day prior to a threatening or fearful event occurring, our amygdala has already picked up the information, is, in, is now responding on a survival-based level, creating a response to ensure survival. The next time you experience an anxious or depressive onset, a sudden mood shift, a feeling of unease or panic, fear, or some other uncomfortable emotion, perhaps stop and ask yourself, what are you thinking about? What is ahead of you? Is this you or something outside of you? Ask for some inner support and guidance from your spiritual helpers to direct your energy and mind to something better. Entertain the possibility that how you feel and the behavior you put forth might have something to do with the energy you are picking up on, but don't consciously know much about instead of ignoring or being hard on yourself for what you feel. Every behavior and mood a person has, has an energetic origin. And it's wonderful to be able to do things that help support us in the moment of clearing out that energy or that emotion or that physiological response. But unless you're willing to do the work to get to the core of it and work from the inside out, you're going to probably find that energy just keeps returning over and over and over again, which then creates a chronic cycle and beliefs about what you're experiencing and that that's just the way life is, and therefore you become stuck and stagnant in the patterns of your life. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, please follow me on Facebook at Erica Dom Page, uh, Instagram, Erica D. Page, or Contact me to book a private one-on-one session. Thanks for listening in. I'll see you back here next week as we discuss how to discover your true energetic nature and core essence once you peel back the layers you've picked up in order to survive.